Oh, hey there, Elizabeth. Oh, hey, Stephanie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you wandering? I'm lusting. Oh, we should talk about wanderlust. We should. <laughs> this is a really great impromptu. Wanderlust uh, is the uh, desire, deep, deep, deep desire to travel and like, be an explorer. Do you have that? I myself just got back from New York City. Oh, hey, girl. Have you heard of it? The Big Apple. That's right. The place of dreams. That's right. The city that never sleeps. That's right. New York City. You got it. Center of the universe. Times are shitty. But I'm pretty sure they can't get worse. <laughs> this could go really, I was really make, deep into a rent. I was about to just go start singing, and then I'm like, wait, why start the next verse? We'll, we'll never <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's a comfort to know oh, yeah. when you're singing the Hit the Road Blues. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway. New York was great. It was, they're promoting Funny Girls. They're promoting Funny Girls. Um, we have... Billboards all over the city. Uh, we just stood in front of them yelling, this is our TV show. Uh, nobody paid attention or cared because that's New York for you. Right. <laughs> we're like, we're doing street team marketing. Whereas uh, in L.A., you are now a valid human being. Congratulations. No, still nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Weird because nobody cares. No, um, it was awesome. I love New York City. I uh, wish I was there right now with you. And our producer, Britt, and everyone that we know and love. That would be fun. Yeah. I'd be into that. Springtime in New York. I was in Joshua Tree. Ugh, I've never been. It was my first time. We stayed at this place called the Hicksville Trailer Palace. Cool. I've seen pictures of this It's like a retro camper ground. We went for our friend Eric Andre's birthday. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a wild time. I'm sure it was. I hit myself in the head. <laughs> I, I heard. We can talk about that later. <laughs> um, I was bleeding from the head. Um, yeah, so traveling, everyone likes to do it. Sometimes it gives people anxiety. And uh, some people take it further than others. Our guest today uh, went on a crazy, amazing adventure. Yeah, this one goes ham. Yeah, he went from uh, Florence, Oregon to Patagonia, Colombia and on a bicycle. And we're going to hear all about that. Yeah, I have a pending Israel pilgrimage happening. <laughs> so I'm a little, like, wanting to talk to those who are who do these types of things a lot. You know, like, go off on a whim and travel and do the damn thing. Totally. So I'm really excited to kind of, like, hear. I have a feeling he's going to be very inspiring. Totally. I have that feeling, that instinct. Same. I'm itching over my body. So we're going to have writer... <laughs> And Wander Luster. Jedediah Jenkins. Let's welcome him to the show right now. Welcome, Jedediah. Thanks, ladies. I'm happy to be here. Hey, Jed. Elizabeth speaks so highly of you. I'm very excited uh, to meet you. I talk so much shit. You know, it's okay. <laughs> You're so dark-sided. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. To a Scorpio moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So um, let's just get started. You just came off of a pretty wild trip. Yeah, so just uh, this past Christmas, I got home from riding my bicycle for 16 months from Florence, Oregon, which is just the beach side of Portland, um, down to Patagonia, which is the bottom of South America. So I spent 16 months winding around on my bicycle. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> what um, would provoke you to do something like that? Well, I, it's kind of like any major decision in your life. There's like kind of a thousand levers being pulled at once and sometimes the final one gets pulled and you make a big decision. So it's not really one thing, but so I'm 32 now, but when I, 
I, I knew I wanted to start when I was 30 years old because in my late 20s, my 27, 28, I remember seeing 30 on the horizon and being like, whoa, I'm almost 30. Like, what do people in their 30s do? It's <laughs> like, they... like where we are right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do I get a mortgage? Do I have a, am I supposed to have a family? What do I do? And I just felt this intense desire to be in charge of my 30s and like let that decade be about becoming exactly who I wanted to be. I was no longer lost trying to figure out who I was. I kind of felt like I knew who I was and now I wanted to be get busy being that person. Mm, and I love that. Ooh, and, I and, just got tingles yeah. for that. I feel like that's like a lot of the essence of what our show is trying to do. And And so I decided, okay, when I turn 30, I'm going to quit my job that I love. Um, maybe not forever, but at least take a year off and do something strange. Like, I didn't know what it was going to Maybe go work in Malaysia or do something different. Like, sort of like a gap year the way they do in the UK between mm-hmm. high school and university that Americans don't do, which I think we should. It's such a good idea. But agreed. Yeah. Fully agreed. Um, so I was going to do a gap year in the new... Adolescence, so you were, like which wearing, is you're 30. Like wearing khakis and, and <laughs> yeah. denim. Yeah, exactly. Dress normal. Hashtag. <laughs> but um, so I was in Uganda. So at my old job, I worked for a nonprofit called Invisible Children. And what we did, and they still do, is basically seek to stop the use of child soldiers in South Central, Central East Africa, Uganda, Congo, Central African Republic. Um, child soldiers that are abducted by a rebel group. So we would go and in areas where they had been, we would rebuild schools, put kids in school, women who had lost their jobs because of the war or lost their husbands and children, we would give them jobs. And it was it was the best job I could ever ask for. Yeah, so you guys were involved with the Coney campaign. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... <laughs> that was you. <laughs> yeah, that film um, was the last one of the last things I did at Invisible Children. And and if you know anything about that film, it was a hu- huge thing around the world, and it was both amazing and controversial and got everyone talking about all these issues about global engagement and what it looks like to be a person who has connection around the world, whether it's internet mm-hmm. connection or voting power or whatever. And so that was a really emotional time for all of us at Invisible Children because it was this just profound response to something we cared so deeply about and that was part of the reason I wanted to take a trip, too, is I was like, I'm here. I, I've been to Uganda and Congo 20-plus times with work, but there's so much of the world I don't know, and I claim to be this global citizen who, you know, loves and cares for the world, but, yeah, when you fly on a plane there and you fly back and you fly, it's a little different than being on the ground and and just living with these people. And and so that was I want that was when I decided I wanted to do something slow, like mm-hmm. walk. Which is funny because that's what my parents did. Right. Um and it was funny to reach that place without the thought of I'm going to be like my parents. So so my parents, I'll explain that. Yes, in please the, do. This is so cool. In the 70s when my dad graduated college, it was the time of Vietnam and he felt he was the classic 21-year-old, and he was like, my country sucks, government sucks, I hate this place, I'm so embarrassed, Vietnam sucks. But he kind of had this crisis of conscience where he thought, 
I hate my country, but I'm this liberal hippie from New York, and I don't know anything about my country. Like, I've never left New York and Connecticut. <laughs> and so he got this crazy idea that he was going to walk across the country and didn't know. He thought it would take, you know, six months. And it ended up taking him five years. <laughs> and he walked from upstate New York to Washington, D.C., where he walked into the National Geographic headquarters, just walked right in and told them he wanted to write for them and take pictures for them. And somehow they said yes <laughs> and gave him a camera. And so then he walked from D.C. to New Orleans. And so the New York to New Orleans took about two years where he met my mom. And they fell in love and got <laughs> married really quickly. <laughs> Classic creative people. And then they walked from New Orleans to Florence, Oregon over three more years. Wow. And so... So they and then they wrote books about it, and and now they're travel authors and um, amazing human beings. And it's so funny that all of a sudden, as I was like growing towards thirty, I was daydreaming daydreaming about doing something like that. And I had realized that is my dream to write books, and I want to travel and see the world. And I thought that these ideas were original to my mind. Like I was like. <laughs> And then and literally I was explaining to my friends, I'm going to take a bicycle trip, I think all the way down South America, and I'm going to write a book about it. And they're like, wow, just like your parents. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think, in my mind, and I give them a lot of credit for raising me that way in the sense where they always just said, do what makes your heart come alive. Like, go forth and do. And and because they never pressured their dream for my life mm -hmm. onto me, like I think a lot of parents do, where they decide what you're going to be, and then it, the kid's only response is to reject that and run. And then sometimes the rejection is so strong, they don't even do what they want to do. They just do what they know their parents don't want them to do. So, so reverse sad. psychology, you were duped. No. I think so. <laughs> they were like, do whatever you like, want. Whatever. Like, puppeteering Nobody me. wants you to go on a journey. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> so the reason the reason you started in Florence, Oregon, was kind of to honor the parent parental journey? I was originally going to start in Alaska. Um, but then I realized that my parents finished in Florence, Oregon. And if I started there, I would still have a month or you know, about a thousand miles of cycling in the United States which I wanted to do because I'd never, I mean, I had hardly ridden a bike at all besides around campus, like on a beach cruiser. And, <laughs> and so... Is, uh, it, is it not like that when you travel? <laughs> it's a little different <laughs> oh. when you have like 85 pounds of stuff on your bike. But so I wanted to ride in the U.S. first for a while. And I was like, well, maybe I could start in Vancouver. It just kind of dawned on me that my parents finished in Oregon and... So I was like, I'm going to start on the exact beach where you walked into the ocean and finished your five-year journey. Sort of, And, like, my dad is the firstborn son. I'm the firstborn son. I thought it could be, like, a cool family tradition to go on this great spirit quest, you know. Hopefully my kids do that. <laughs> the Florence but I, yeah. spirit quest. <laughs> well, my kid would have to start in Patagonia. Oh, yeah. 
That's so. so cool. I love that. It's like the man on the moon. <laughs> yeah. But I'd have to I'd have to do reverse psychology and be like, you do not want to travel. Of course. Stay in your room. You'd become a doctor. Yes. Here is a video game. Although when I have kids, they'll probably be like holograms. Right. <laughs> God <laughs> totally. knows what's coming. <laughs> so scary. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um Wow, I have a lot of questions about your traveling. One thing that I think Steph and I have talked about, I'm actually about to go on a nine-day trip to Israel. Wow. So um, kind of this uh, I wanna go there. nomadism is very interesting to me at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like kind of not having that routine every day? Yeah. We're very interested in people's kind of daily practices, what keeps them in line, Obviously, waking up and getting on a bike was a, a main, you know, standard practice probably throughout your journey. But what was it that you did that kept you grounded while you were gone for so long? Well, it only f- it, it wasn't a routine only in the beginning. I mean, anything you do becomes a routine, even being a nomad. Right. You, you develop. I'm still dealing with some of the routines that I developed over the trip, which was Like, one of the expectations you gain is being anywhere for more than five days, I feel an intense pull to leave Mm. because I spent 16 months never being anywhere for more than a week, really. Mm. And so for me now to be home and, and to see you and say, like, let's have lunch every Tuesday. And in my mind, my mind immediately goes, you can't do that. But (laughs) I can, like, and I can, like, have a community and have traditions and it's very... It's difficult for my brain to believe in that because it was so nomadic. And, and, and my, like, I would have routines where I would always go to a cafe when there was a cafe and sit on my phone and look at the internet and read the news around the world. It's so funny because I was so alone. I, I had some friends with me dur- during certain parts of the trip, which was the best. But I was, I, I'm a very social person and I have a lot of wonderful friends that I love very much. But to be traveling so much where I don't know anyone was very lonely, which is so important to personal growth. But it was lonely. And so I became, even in my solitude in the wilderness, the most knowledgeable person. Because all I did while I would ride bikes is listen to books on tape, listen to podcasts, and listen to the news, and then read the news in the mornings Mm -hmm. alone, like in a cafe in Colombia. And so it was so funny because I just knew the whole planet, what was going on every day. So it became this like morning tradition, like an old man reads the New York Times in the morning. But what it did do was really, when you totally change your routine into something strange like that, you see your old routine for what it was. Like there Mm -hmm. are things we do living in Los Angeles, living in a city, that we don't know are a routine. We don't even think about it. And then if you totally change your life, like a lot of people realize this when they have a baby. And they didn't even know the things that they cherished until the baby changed them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I, I mean, I can't even, like, go to the bathroom without, <laughs> with any peace or, you know, whatever sure. it is. Which mm. is true. Like, even on my bike trip, going to the bathroom <laughs> became, like, special. Of course. Because I, it wasn't uh, obvious that there was, like, a clean bathroom anywhere. So, like, now a hot shower and a clean bathroom is, like... I'm still amazed. I'm like, where does the hot water come from? <laughs> not California. No, it's not. Not this <laughs> portion. Hashtag blessed, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So you uh was there any point where you like felt um scared or like to me the idea of like going on the open road and being on a bike and not knowing anyone by yourself with just like everything that you have and I'm assuming like your phone and your eye yeah. your like to me that's so scary. Like were you ever like I should I need a knife or I yeah. you know, mm. whatever. I or it was more friendly experience and I just have like a warped picture of the world. No, it's it's funny. I I know that I have like a brain disease that makes me very, very optimistic. Like I'm I think that's good. I'm like not afraid of things, which is can be bad, but I was just talking to a friend of mine last night who is from Brazil. He's from uh, Sao Paulo, which people get mugged all the time. But he li- he never had been mugged, and he moved to London and was mugged twice in a year. Ooh. And you do- wouldn't think London versus Brazil so funny. Um, but for me, like I never experienced one situation that was shady in 17 months of... It might be because of that quote brain disease that you're just like not attracting any sort of like weird vibe. I don't know. I think I, well, I, I do too. And I will say that when you're on a bicycle and you look, I mean, you, I would look ridiculous with my helmet and my saddlebags and like, I, I look helpless. Like, yeah, like who's going to mess with that guy? That <laughs> right. would be like really awful. It's like if I was in some like beautiful American made lifted truck, like that's, I remember when I was in Mexico, I met this amazing woman who lives on the beach in a very, heavily cartel trafficked area and she would tell me and she she's from England but she'd lived there for 20 years and she said that Texans would drive down in their brand new F250 and they they would cross into her Mexican state which is called Michoacan and it would be stolen in the first hour <laughs> and she would basically say it's not difficult to live here it's not dangerous but if you you just have to learn to not have what the cartel wants. No, if you have a, zone. If you have a lifted <laughs> SUV, they yeah. need that. Right. And right. so they're going to take it. And that's just, and so I'm on a bicycle and I smell bad and I <laughs> need to shave. And they're like, you can go on ahead. <laughs> here's, a, here's a bottle of water. They're like, gross. You look, <laughs> you look thirsty. Yeah. So keep it low profile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I get anxious when I take a plane to New York. Like, yeah. I don't even know. Stephanie just got back from New York and everything's like, well, I was just in New York. So. <laughs> Four days. <laughs> Did you have any, like, in the long rides or, like, into the mountains, down to the beach, whatever, any moment where you felt like you had, like, a spiritual experience where you're conscious of that happening like uh, I, often I think we've all experienced being in dramatic nature mm. where the mountains are too big or the ocean is too wide or the trees are too tall and you just can't take it it's like your eyes you're like smile as you don't have words mm-hmm. because it is so powerful it like sits on you this like beautiful weight and that happened to me a lot especially when you're on a bicycle and you get a nice downhill, like a windy road down a mountain. And it's just the view and the trees. And it feels like it was made for you in that moment. It like waited four billion years for you to be on your bike at that exact moment. And you're just like, I'm here. I made it to right now. That happened a lot. And it was so, it's such a profound sense of validation at being alive when you feel like you are exactly where you're supposed to be in a moment. Heart a flutter. Where are you going to go next? 
Well, it's funny. The grass is always greener. So, you know, many times on my trip, I would be in the most beautiful Andes Mountains and I would be daydreaming about Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I just want a juice. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I would be like, I just want a craft beer and a back porch and yeah. like my friends and like, you know, the jinx on HBO just like on repeat. <laughs> you know, like, I, you, know, you didn't like, even know the jinx was I don't know, yet, but I, you were yeah, fantasizing. Exactly. Yeah. fantasizing about <laughs> insane millionaires. But, but just like those lovely traditions of having a community and having your roots. And like a good binge watch. Yeah, yeah. Like when you go without having roots, I think we always want what we don't have. So when you're tied down, quote unquote, to a job or responsibilities, you dream about just running away. But then once you've run away, you dream about having a community and having mm. a routine. And so right now, I'm in this beautiful dream of writing a book about my trip, having a routine, having a community and a home that I love. And so I'm not really dreaming about travel. I will again, because you know the human mind works in a pendulum swing. It's like as soon as you've spent your time doing one thing, it wants to go the other way. So, But right now, I'm just loving sinking my roots in and writing about the travel I just did. Come on. They just know, like Reese Witherspoon and Wild. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what kind did of that have anything to do with your trip? <laughs> did you read the book No, beforehand? I didn't. I have now, and I love it. Yeah. I love the movie, and Cheryl Strait is amazing. Did you have one of those like toenail-ripping-off moments? Mm. Anything like super drums happen? <laughs> No. I mean, yeah, d- drama happened, but nothing like, I never really got hurt. I dr- I rode full speed into a wall Oop. because I was like, I was coming, bombing a hill, and then I came around a bend, and there was this unbelievable You were like, this mountain. moment's for me. Yeah, it was so beautiful, <laughs> and I was fully looking to my left, like on a bike, like, wow, nature is so bam, and I like smack, and I like. I have a, there's a scar underneath this bee tattoo because it was like, I literally ripped my arm off, just bam, into a wall. But it was worth it because the mountain was so beautiful, but. And then like, what was the aftermath of that? Were you by yourself? My friend was way ahead of me because I go slow when I'm like staring at things. Wait, uh, you had a friend? Yeah, so different stretches of the trip, I had friends with me. Oh, cool. Yeah. People met up with you. Yeah, and rode. For the first over half of it, I was with my one friend, Philip. He rode with me from Oregon to Peru, which was so amazing. Whoa. That's yeah. Steph, let's I'm get some saying. bikes. I'm scared. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do that. Ride a scooter. If I did it again, when I do it again, in some capacity, I want to do it on a motorcycle. Motorcycles are amazing, and there's a lot of things I couldn't see because there's benefits of it to being so slow as a, as a um, bicycle. But on a motorcycle, I could go on back roads just to do a date because you know people be like oh there's hot springs over there or an amazing waterfall Mm. over there and in their mind they're thinking as a car which is just an hour trip but an hour in a car is a day for me and so it's like well that's a that's two days for me to go see that one thing Mm -hmm. so I didn't get there's a lot of things I couldn't see was there I like the idea of you upgrading to a motorcycle the next day yeah that's pretty badass I like that for you a lot and then when I'm like 50 I'll like go with Richard Branson in like a spaceship of course (laughs) yeah even though we're in on earth but you're like I'm gonna take a spaceship (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. just cause I can to Florida yeah um and then of all those I'm sure you've seen not only on this trip but in general so use this however you want what's the one place that you're like everyone has to see this 
or is there one place? Oh, what a great question. Um, I think my answer is, so there's a, there's a chain of cities in Mexico called Pueblas Magicas, magical towns. And it is the... Cute. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, there's, I think there's maybe 25 of them or 15, I can't remember. But they're the colonial cities high in the mountains of Mexico. So the weather is perfect. And they're built in this old Spanish style. So the, each one of these cities is older than the United States. They're like 500 years old with Ooh. giant cathedrals, stone cobblestone streets, little bakeries, and like little like old ladies making blue corn tortillas on the street. And like they and now these towns are famous in Mexico. So now they're it's like they have film festivals. Like I I just rode into this town and they were having a international music festival. And in front of the cathedral when we walk up is a full orchestra fireworks and then um they had an entire march of the music of the world through the streets so like bagpipes and then like it was so amazing and cultural and beautiful i want to go to there yes so i think my like number one thing i want to put together is do like a road trip with my friends around these towns like do it in three weeks and go see them all it's the most beautiful thing, That's and it's so, so cool. close. I love that. Can we come? Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> um, so we have this little segment on the show that we like to do called Roses and Thorns. It's our high and our low. It can be personal. can be anything global. Global, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. Whatever tickles your fancy at this moment in time. My oh, wait, rose. we got to do the theme song. Roses and Thorns. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Jed, you want to kick it off with the uh, thorn? Yes. So I love highs and lows. So my thorn <laughs> for me is I'm currently writing a book about my bike trip. and But on the bike trip, I was alone so much. And I didn't ever cross my mind that when you get back and you become a writer, you're, you need to be alone because you can't be distracted. It's very difficult to write. And so... At the same time, I dreamt about being home, surrounded by my friends, like going to dinners and things like that, which was so romantic and longed for. So I'm, I'm navigating, balancing that. It's very difficult in a distracted world where all of a sudden my phone works again and all the time it works. <laughs> like that is still new to me. Right? So like people can communicate with me at any moment. Thorn. Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm very addicted to it. So... Yeah, I'm I'm figuring that out. I get that. Yeah. Staff. I guess my thorn is Wells Fargo customer service. <laughs> I just, Why? I just can't deal with how stupid everybody is. No, that's so mean. I really no, it's the it's it seems like it's so hard to get simple things done. Like, somebody stole my debit card number. Why is this now my issue to deal with with you for an hour and a half? Yeah. Like, I told you what happened. I gave you my information. Work it out. Yeah. Like, I don't need to be answering. You're making billions of dollars off of, like, your customer's money, so you need to, like, speed it up. Speed it up. <laughs> I can't. Then I'm turning into a monster. I'm yelling at them. I'm like, this is not namaste. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know you're a human being, but, like, can you get your shit together? Yes. Nama, no. Not, like, uh, and you, if I was Catholic, stuff. I'd go apologize to the priest for how rude I was to that yeah. person yesterday. What is that called? Confession. confession. Yeah, I'm going. This is my confessions. I'm sorry. Usher. 
<laughs> um, that's tough. Growing up stuff is the worst. It's the worst. The worst. In the club. <laughs> um, my thorn would be uh, the fact that I realize how vain I am and that I hit my head on a trunk door when I was in Joshua Tree, the trunk door of my new vehicle. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> um, and I was my bleeding. automatic trunk smacked me in the face. <laughs> yeah, fast. my automatic trunk. Man, those things don't play around. And I, I hit my head. And I just want to tell bleeding. the listeners that the Elizabeth's cut is uh, a t- half a centimeter by. It no, looks like by I picked a zit really yeah. hard. No, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. It, it looks. It, no, it looks like not, a scratch. I'm saying it's not bad. Like it's just no. a red gash. It's beautiful. Gashed. Guys, it hurts. That's the thing. He said it's beautiful. I think it's like, I thought it was a cute birthmark. Pretty hurts. Not like a Gorbachev situation. Yeah. Jeff, right. Yeah. It's okay. It yeah. happens. But I guess it was, I guess also like when something like that happens, you're like, oh, it was more like that could have been really bad. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like a minor little bump, whatever. Yeah, but and how quickly, did not how quickly things turn around. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm hanging out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm bleeding from the head. Uh, Rose. Oh, oh, roses. Yes. Um, my rose is connected to my thorn, as roses are, and it is deep. Wow, you're, you're so deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is that I'm writing a book, and that has like been my dream. And I am actually doing it and living that. And it's just so wonderful. Like, I'm very well aware and present that I am doing what I love. And that is an amazing place to be. That's huge. Rose, Steph? That's really sweet. My rose is that uh, Funny Girls is, is out there in the world. People are seeing it. Nylon Mag said I was cool. You are cool. So that's cool for me because uh, <laughs> they're cool. You know, I've just been slaving away being abused in comedy clubs for six years. So <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. It's cool. So proud of you, buddy. I'm just a little scared that my grandma's going to watch it and like know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> which is not Welcome a, to my which is life. not a good Catholic girl, but not even a Catholic girl. She just she's about to find out that I'm Jewish. <laughs> We're with you. Um, I'll piggyback on both of yours. I think there's something to be said for looking back and like thinking, wow, like what would 15 year old Elizabeth think about this? And last week, uh, a project I've been working on premiered, and it was the first time I ever saw anything I've put anyone dressed in on national television. Wow. And it was such a moment, and I'm so proud of the project. It's the Grace Helbig Show. It's on E! on Friday nights at 10.30. Such an incredible, new, fun show. And new and just in terms of how it's being presented to the audience and, and incorporating YouTube culture and internet culture and all those things. And I'm just so proud to be a part of it in, in the little factor that I am. And uh, it's just fun to... To have that excitement of like patting yourself on the back and being proud and and it's wonderful and it doesn't go unnoticed. So that is a rose. And bonus rose, <laughs> Stephanie and I are in a music video. Oh my god, yes! It, that premiered this week on uh, Bullet Magazine. It's Kane Holler, our friends John and Chelsea. They uh, have this awesome music video directed by John Hogue. And, the song's uh, Paper Games. called Paper Games, so you guys should check it out. It's pretty fun. Yes. Really Jedediah, thank you. 
Um, so well, much. What an honor and a privilege. This is you guys so are so fun. awesome. Where, I don't want him to ever leave. I know. Can, Can you, you stay, stay forever? Here? Right here. I do. I sleep anywhere, as you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's perfect. <laughs> Even this more place is car- Like these are the things you notice. Like I'm like, oh, it's carpeted. Like I can sleep here. <laughs> that's like <laughs> literally what my brain does. <laughs> Amazing. How strange. Tell us where uh, our listeners can follow you. Well, the best place to do it is on Instagram. That's basically what I do all day. You do give great Instagram. <laughs> That's very, it's like these like three paragraph long, I know. Like beautifully poetic Here's the thing. I do write captions. So buckle up. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm going to follow you. What is your handle? So, okay, so it's my name, which is very crazy, but it's at Jedediah Jenkins, which is J-E-D-I-D-I-A-H-J-E-N-K-I. Wow. J-E-N-K-I-N-S. And if all else fails, you really could be a menswear designer or something. It's like <laughs> Jedediah Jenkins. I know. Or an um. Amish preacher. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah or is I your like name have like a religious connection? Yes. And, well, yes. It's from the Bible, from the Old Testament. But when my parents were walking across America, they saw a statue of a guy named Jedediah Smith, who was the first like white man to cross by foot to the west he was a fur trapper or whatever cute and and so they were like I like that name which is so interesting because I'm the first person in my family to ever move west Mm. and I don't know I think names have meaning I love that name it's such a perfect name to say it's like you want to say it together like I always say Stephanie Simbar like you have to say it together like Jedediah Jenkins (laughs) so cool Okay, <laughs> and there's a link to your blog on your Instagram, which yes. I, which also captures your travels mm-hmm. and whatnot, which I appreciate. Oregon to Patagonia.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie, where can we find your little face on the internet? I'm uh, at Steph Simbari, oxygen.com. <laughs> slash funny girls. Slash funny girls. Elizabeth's Instagram feed. Yeah. That's so retrograde.com. That's so, so retrograde on Twitter and Instagram. All that stuff. Um, you can check me out at, at Closet Rich and ElizabethCott.com. We said that. And so retrograde.com. We got a little bit of a makeover. Check it out. I like to think that there's one super fan out there, like in Croatia, that has everything we just said <laughs> on a bookmark. <laughs> Thank you for all of this vagabondage knowledge that you've shared. Vagabondage. Oh my God, let's start that's a story. Really, that's a hashtag. Vagabondage. It's just like gross, sweaty oh, whips. Emu says it's by Pozdrav. Pozdrav. Oh, it's Pozdrav. He's totes Pozdrav. All right. Pozdrav. All right. All right. Well, that is so retrograde. Bye bye.